Welcome to Duct Tape and Paper Clips. I'm Nathan Hartswick. And I'm Annie Russell. This is the show where we rewatch, review, and ridicule every episode of MacGyver for the first time since our childhoods. <laughs> That's right. And right now we are breaking down season two, episode 14. The title is Birth Day. <laughs> Birth Those are two words day. for yes. some reason. Uh, it's credited both ways, but on the screen at the top of the episode, it says it in two different words. How clever. Um, we're going to find out how that episode holds up today. Uh, but first, let's catch up a little. Uh, Annie, what's going on? How's it? How's it? I was going to say, how's it hanging? Who says that? I, who, uh, why would you ever say that to I, me? <laughs> I didn't mean it. It was just uh, grammatically, I went down that road and I couldn't back up. <laughs> I hate that when it's like the trains left the station. Yeah. You're like, why is this word coming out of my mouth? Uh, um, I don't know. I don't know. Bad. But what's going on with you? Okay. So I, I went to brunch this morning. I went to my first brunch as a fully vaccinated person. I still did not, um, eat indoors because I'm still a big old scaredy cat. Yeah. But, um, and, and this was the best because I'm at brunch, I'm sitting outside and at the next table over, I am overhearing a Bumble first date, um, which is just not something that I missed, it turns out. Um, <laughs> there was a, a young man who was literally screaming at his date at full volume, like no awareness whatsoever of his... Uh, speaking voice um, about polyamory and his family's uh, legacy at UC Santa Cruz. Um, and it was just like the most obnoxious person. And I'm not trying to dunk on the poly community, <laughs> no. but like when you're screaming at, at somebody at full volume about how sometimes you go to sex parties um, mm. at a, communal dining situation <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a lot at least one couple moved their table further wow. away from him because he was talking so loudly um and my so when you say part, screaming you don't mean like aggressively at her you mean no, no, no. he was just like way too loud for the situation way too loud yeah. and like she kept trying to sort of like bring him down to a normal volume by speaking at a normal volume, <laughs> right. you know, cause you can tell she was like aware of it and kind of embarrassed. And so she's answering his questions and she's sort of like, yeah. And then, yeah, I went to this, like Ugh. he did not pick up on the hint, but my favorite part um, of their date favorite interaction was he was bragging about having gone to UC Santa Cruz and how his, um, mom went there and his uncle went there and his sister went there and ever his he's a legacy there his grandparents went there this whole thing and UC Santa Cruz is like a, a good school right yeah. in the, the University of California system he finally like an hour in asks her where she went to school and she's like so quietly she's like yeah I went to Cornell <laughs> <laughs> Oh God. I loved every minute of it because he got so defensive. Um, and he was like, Oh, 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 okay. Okay. Oh, wow. Like, Ooh, la la. Um, and the, the best part about it is she's so uncomfortable and she yeah. makes a joke about the office and she's like, yeah, but I'm not like that guy from the office, you know, and you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, Ed Helms. Yeah. Yeah. So he, starts arguing with her and is like, I don't remember Cornell being brought up on the office. And I was just like losing my <laughs> he's mind. A, at this point. He's like on <laughs> defensive mode. He's going to argue with whatever comes out of her mouth. Cause he's, Oh I my was God. losing my mind in the next table over. I was like, 
dude, if you don't remember that part of the office, you didn't watch the office, bro. Like that, that's a big, <laughs> I mean, what were you, li- you missed the last four seasons is what you did. Yeah. Basically. Uh, and I just, I was like, there is no way is this so date great. makes it to date number two. Um, I love a quiet, uncomfortable mic drop like that. That is so funny <laughs> to get the instant karma of like, oh yeah, you see Santa Cruz. I've heard of it. Um, ever heard of Cornell, you fucking dick. It was amazing because his um and like i don't want to be an elite uh, an elitist about schools at all i don't think it would have been funny to me at all if he hadn't spent the past 20 minutes (laughs) loudly (laughs) bragging about where he went to school um isn't that just like a perfect like a perfect encapsulation of just the the sort of like toxic male psyche like the fact that he was so loud Yes. So overconfident, so like uh, like domineering of the whole conversation and the whole mm-hmm. social setting and uh, with all this unearned confidence and that she is like almost apologetic and quiet yes. about the fact that she like fucking kicks his ass academically. It's just it's so sad. Yeah, it was incredible because, um, you know, he was clearly he was talking about polyamory a lot. He was talking about how comfortable he is with mm. his jealousy now and how it doesn't bother him if his partner goes on a date with someone else. And actually, it's fine. And actually, they might even go to a sex party and that's fine. And actually, like, who knows what could happen? And it's it, but it was so loud and so yeah. defensive sounding that I was just like, like you got to figure some stuff out, man. <laughs> right, right. It was a strong reminder for me that we might think that coming out of quarantine is going to feel a, a certain way, but it's actually going to be super awkward um, because I feel like all I'm seeing online is like, it's going to be hot girl summer. It's going to be find someone to fuck Tober. It's going to be <laughs> slut timber. Like we're all going to go crazy. And then yeah. the reality is like, uh, hey, I don't know. Uh, I might go to a sex party. I'm polyamorous. <laughs> I went to UC Santa Cruz. What's up with you? <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. So what about you? Have you overheard any good dates lately? <laughs> no, no. I haven't really been out in public a whole lot lately. We've done, uh, we did like a food cart breakfast this morning. We're starting to get mm-hmm. back into into life a little bit. Um, like much like yourself, I don't really have a desire to like go back inside the second I can go back inside. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we are, and it's, you know, it's getting nice out now so we can have people over in the backyard and stuff. Um, we just had a friend over just now before I came in and my dogs were destroying the yard. They're all digging holes and eating worms now. <laughs> so uh, there's that. It is so funny how different dogs have different impulses. Like my dog would never really dig really? a hole. Like you would have to really force him to dig a hole. My um, dog digs a hole like it's her anxiety relief you know like when (laughs) she gets to six feet she'll feel better about herself um and and she won't dig in the same place twice so we've got this huge patch where it's all dirt and she goes to the like beautiful grassy part and starts digging up i mean i don't care i I, who cares like i don't want to be that guy who's like stop digging (laughs) it's like it's a dog man yeah i would be that person i would Um, be like come on there's certain behaviors i care about and other ones i'm like all right well whatever it's not end of the world. Um, but yeah, what's going on? What else is going on here? Uh, nothing. We're just kind of like, it feels a little weird to be getting back to work a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. For those of you who don't know, my wife and I own a comedy club. It's been closed <laughs> since March of 2020. <laughs> and we're doing some some rethinking of the whole thing and kind of renovations and uh, pivoting. And uh, it's all very exciting, but it's all 
uh, feels like work again. And it's we're getting to that place where we're finally building the muscle back and building the stamina back for work. <laughs> um, but it's crazy how much it takes out of you emotionally and physically. Like you, you can do like an hour's worth of work and then you're like, man, I am not cut out for this anymore. Um, but we're all crawling back toward the light, you know? Yeah, I think we're trying. I have noticed um, that my attention span for certain work things has kind of been shot. Like I... Yeah. I'm a person that usually does not really have trouble focusing on a task, but I think a year after, like after a year of like communicating basically in like non sequiturs all day long <laughs> and just bouncing from thing to thing on my phone, like enduring a normal hour work meeting is something yeah. I can not do. Yeah. And I think if people uh, who are in positions of management are smart, they will recognize that and try to work yeah. with it to get people comfortable again, because um, I think there are probably going to be a lot of employers out there who are trying to just jump straight back into it with both feet. And I think that ignores the sort of collective trauma that we've all gone through and the behavioral changes we've made. Yeah, totally. And I think I was actually surprised because like at first there were like a lot of these big companies that said like, we're remote forever, whatever mm -hmm. you want to do, it's fine. Right. You know, we'll, we'll figure it out. And now several of them are walking that back sure. now and yeah. saying like, actually, uh, we do want you to come back. <laughs> yeah, it's to like, you office. know, this is, uh, these zoom comedy shows are pretty fun. We should keep them going after the yeah, pandemic. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The minute you can get on stage, these things are going away. And you know, Let's learn lessons to like, you know, yes. incorporate people and um, make sure that we're accessible to more folks. So that's been right. a good thing. But like, you know, yes. we've all learned good lessons from it. Better in person. Um, well, uh, we should get to our guest. We have a fantastically funny guest today. He is a hilarious comedian who has been featured at the Just for Laughs Festival in Montreal and many others. And he won the Funniest Person in Cincinnati competition. And he has a very funny album you can get now called Sweet Baby Boy. Please welcome our pal, Sam Evans. Hi, Sam. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Hello. Thank you for having me. This is, a, this is an honor and a delight. It is a delight. You have like a pretty uh, sophisticated looking podcast microphone in front of like kind of murdery Venetian blind windows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. digging the vibe. Yeah. The, the budget for the podcast studio went all to the mic yeah. and nothing else. <laughs> um, what's uh, going on with you? How's life? It's nice to see you. Life is good. You said you were just, you came back from a show just now, which must I, be a nice change to be going to physical shows again. It was a wonderful change to go to physical shows again. I am, this show is outdoors, but I am also, I think, uh, probably like four days away from being fully uh, inoculated. So Amazing. I'm, nice. I'm, yeah, I'm very excited. It feels good. The weather was nice in New York today. It's, it's, a, it's a beautiful day. Do you have this like sense in your mind that like now that I'm fully inoculated, I'm just going to be able to like go into places and do things and not have to worry about it? Or is it like do you have to train your brain to be comfortable again? You have I, I actually am having a, my initial thought was like, I'm going to do everything. Nothing's <laughs> yeah. going to stop me. <laughs> and then, you know, all of the data is like, all right, well, why don't you pump the brakes yeah. and still yeah. be careful? So I'm having to. Yeah. Reel it in, which is good. I, I plan on being very careful, but yeah, you know, you for for a brief second when you get the shot, you're like, yeah. nothing is off limits. <laughs> I'm a god. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I went through all of the emotions. Like I passed that milestone of like it being two weeks since my shot on Thursday, okay. and I was like, what do I do? And I just <laughs> did the same thing that I was doing before. I yeah. just like kept wearing a mask and being polite to people. Like yeah, it just yeah. did, like I didn't, 
I haven't had that moment yet where I um, am like letting loose. Um, yeah. It could yeah. happen. I mean, you don't strike me as a hugging strangers on the street type of person anyway. So no, I don't know that a lot of people do that at all. Do know. they? I don't know. Sometimes I see videos like that from the before times where people used to put like free hugs signs out. <laughs> Just cringe oh, watching them. Yeah, what I'm a, not involved what, in that. What a rough year for those guys. You yeah, know? Right? The, the free hugs guys. Just yeah, who talks really. about them, right? <laughs> Oh, it's a funny oh, thing to put on your like unemployment. It's like 2014. That was like just Union yeah. Square. Like you couldn't get through <laughs> Union Square without like, a free hug guy just oh, popping up. So funny. Um, so Sam, what was your jam in terms of, I know you're a little young from a guy, but what was your jam TV wise, pop culture wise? What were you into as a kid? Um, we were, and I didn't keep this up in adulthood, but we were pretty big, uh, the next generation family. Oh yeah. Uh, and even into a little bit of deep space nine, we were a star Trek family. Hmm. Uh, and then I also have vivid memories of watching, uh, TGIF yeah. every Friday as a kid. Mm -hmm. That was, that was, I lived for TGIF, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Do, I've, I haven't heard anybody say we were a star Trek family. I, that mm -hmm. doesn't strike me as like, <laughs> like most usually it's like, oh, me and my brother or whatever. But like, is this is a whole family event watching Star Trek? Definitely. At least my mom there. And then if my dad mm -hmm. wasn't working late or anything, he would also come in and watch with us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not, I don't have especially nerdy parents either, but they were just like, <laughs> yep, we're watching Star Trek. I just like, love yeah. that they chose that as their one nerdy thing. They were like, we're yeah. not big nerds, but like Star yeah. Trek is, yeah. is our thing. Mm -hmm. um, love it. I mean, yeah. that's kind of, you know, I guess when you think about it, that was what MacGyver was for me. Cause like, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's the kind of thing where it's like sophisticated enough to keep an adult's attention, but kind of tame enough to be okay for a kid to watch. Yeah. So yeah, I can see. And there's actually quite a bit of, we've, we've found that there's quite a bit of overlap with directors and cast between MacGyver and Star in the Star Trek world. Um, a lot of day players doing roles on both and a lot I, of directors and stuff. Yeah, I can very much see that. It's definitely the yeah. same level of like ridiculous tension in a yeah. series. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, cool. Well, uh, we're going to jump into talking about this episode, which I can't wait to talk about. Um, but before we do that, we want to refresh everybody's memory as to what happened in birthday. <laughs> so, Annie, can we get a summary of what happened in this episode? It would be my honor to read out a summary <laughs> of this episode right now. Um, let's do it. Uh, okay, so MacGyver stops at a gas station on his way to go fishing. It is a MacGyver's Day Off episode, everybody. So buckle in. And Elaine, a pregnant woman fearing for her life, climbs into MacGyver's Jeep and begs him for help. He drives into an abandoned warehouse near the wharf where they are chased by ex-cons working for Elaine's corrupt husband. Elaine starts having contractions, of course, but the baby holds off long enough for MacGyver to creep around the docks, picking off bad guys one by one. He finally manages to signal the authorities and they show up just in time to march her husband off to jail while she delivers her baby in the back of an ambulance. And that is 
this episode. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, the Chekhov's gun of pregnant ladies in, in the 80s. If I, she's that pregnant. That contraction came so early in the episode. I was like, <laughs> yeah. how, why? We had some we Braxton Hicks contractions, already? like some false labor stuff going on early on in the episode. Um, don't worry. I think he's, uh, they've gone to sleep by now. Um, well, Ooh. we like to ta- talk about like the low-hanging fruit of the episode. So, uh, Sam, what was what were your first reactions to this? Like, what do you feel we have to talk about right away? <laughs> I mean, I hate to do this, but the part, speaking of her contractions, the part where she is hiding in the car and supposed to be uh, quiet, uh-huh. her her contraction sounds are so upsettingly sexual. Yes, they really they are. Sound <laughs> like, like her evil husband is walking around with a gun and she's yes. like, what? <laughs> Who has contractions like that? It's so upsetting. And like, I'm not really familiar with childbirth in a, in a, right. you know, like, but like, I can't, I imagine it can't be like, like that no, can't no. be the it, noise. It felt like something where they were like, they did the uh, ADR looping and they like brought her into a recording studio and they were like, the, the noises you made on the day were like really painful sounding. We need you to make them like a little sexier. <laughs> she just like, <laughs> she's like moaning in a sound booth. Uh, over a picture of herself the whole time. Uh, yeah, it was very, I, I said the same thing. I was like, it is unsettlingly sexual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. The yeah. first time it happens too, you're like, okay, well, it'll just be that one. And yeah. it, it happens so many times. Yeah. Because yeah. so it's how she gets times. caught. She's having an orgasm in a Jeep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. I think that the things that were so upsettingly egregious to me in this episode were the amount of time and the amount of detail that this like criminal halfway house backstory takes at the top of the episode. Like I did not need this level of detail (laughs) as to how like this scam, her ex con husband was running. Um, It it just was way too much. It's Uh, funny because I had the exact opposite note. I was like, are you kidding me? I said, thank God this took five minutes and then they moved on and we spent the whole episode in this fucking warehouse i was like this there are other episodes that would have like really like really wanted us to know every little detail and i felt like oh you know it was like five minutes and then we got to get on with things it's a ridiculous <laughs> plot it is a it is utterly... so, it is ridiculous like it makes no sense <laughs> no. to me that like a halfway house would be this like scheme for him to like break people out of jail like none of it made any sense (laughs) and the other big thing for me was that elaine's vibe was just so aggressive like she is what i worry i'm gonna be after the pandemic like you're just (laughs) like hey this is everything that's going on and this is all my trauma like can you help me right now like that's what i'm afraid is gonna happen to me like next month I uh, I really enjoy the idea of thinking about what Elaine is going to do. You know, when you run through your old exes when you're dating somebody new, <laughs> you think she's just going to be like, anyway, so that guy was a jealous person. But then my boyfriend after that, he set up a crime sy- syndicate after I helped him get out of prison. That old story. And I have his child. Like, it's right, right. The rehashing of your ex. Yeah. I just love oh. that, like, they met in jail and that, like, that is the least interesting thing about their relationship. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is like that Danamora, whatever it is, like thing. Oh my God. Yeah. She's... <laughs> Tale is all this time. Social worker falls for inmate and then helps yeah. him get out of prison. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but is somehow still the hero. I, I, one of my low hanging fruit things that I was like, I just, we have to mention this is like, is this woman ugly? <laughs> <laughs> 
because she really thinks she's ugly, and yeah. I don't think she's ugly. She has a horrible sense of, like, the, the, <laughs> that's my favorite part, is when they're running around the warehouse, it's MacGyver saving her, but also walking her through the, oh, why do I always pick the worst men? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like there is there is time to work through this at a later date. Like, I, if I were <laughs> MacGyver, I would have said, like, look, you need to work on your self-esteem yeah. right now our immediate need is getting out of this well that's kind of what he did putting her in that jeep because then he had like a full third act that he'd go running around by himself and get rid of her sure so yeah. like go have an orgasm in this jeep while i take care of seven bad guys yeah he was like please come in this jeep really loudly i'm gonna get out of here and at the fact that he didn't just leave her there yeah. um there is a part too at the beginning, speaking of Elaine, that like blows my mind where I'm like, does she even need MacGyver's help? Because initially when she finds her husband's plot, you know, he's about to stab her with a letter opener. Oh, yeah. And then she twice just manhandles him. She yeah. has that pregnancy strength and picks yeah. up a like a paperweight. It's a paperweight. Yeah. And it's she like, does she need him? out of his hand and then yeah. hits him over the head in this like one, two thing. I'm like, I don't know that you need MacGyver. The other moment was when MacGyver is sort of like, you know, going to give her permission to come aboard the Jeep. And his question <laughs> is like, are you having a baby? And she's like, no, I'm I'm being chased or yeah, whatever. And he's like, him. okay. Like, was he not going to help her if she was just having a baby? <laughs> <laughs> like uh, I, I was like, oh yeah. Play. I mean, how many times you try to go on a nice fishing trip and then a pregnant lady dro <laughs> drops into your gym and says, I'm going to be murdered. Like, what a... What, I hate what a, this device. It's like luck. every other episode. It's like MacGyver's yeah. trying to go fishing or trying to have a day off and Vacation, then falls yeah. into some, you know, insane... Uh, plot and yeah. and i just don't i no longer believe he has any intention of going on vacation it's yeah, not there's right. no stakes for me <laughs> never takes his work work home with him you know MacGyver. Oh, so fun i uh i i've never seen a, a a glass bottle do that to a car tire in my whole life <laughs> it was like it exploded into like multiple pieces uh that was very fun yeah um, and it's a jeep it's made for off-roading right it's right yeah supposed to hold up um, to that i'm not even sure he does change the tire out before she jumps in and i'm not sure that we see like a donut tire the rest of the episode i think he has i guess no, the jeep has he, like a real he has one right? a full-size spare come yeah, on yeah. he's come not on, fucking it's a jeep. around he's not fucking around uh but the but he can't get one he can't even buy one from the angry black man at the counter mm -hmm. <laughs> that guy is I want to see, I want to follow him for the rest of the episode and see what his life is like. Yeah. Let's see I this guy love, go to therapy. That'd be yeah, great. I, yeah. I'd love to see them all get some help, honestly. <laughs> I feel that the the thing that took me out of it car-wise was when they are, you know, after MacGyver builds that ramp um, for for them to get out of that little you know, unbelievable, ludicrous loading dock thing. Yeah. Ridiculous. Half of the um the Jeep is like tilted off of this yeah, concrete. The, like ledge. chassis is on the corner. Like there is no coming back from that. I don't care how good a driver you are. No. Like it's you are not getting that um up yeah. to the next level. Um and so that was like, okay, it's gonna be one of these episodes where yeah, we're right. just we've suspended all I thought it was funny that like that you never got a wide shot of the Jeep. 
you always got front tires, back tires, front tires, back tires. <laughs> you never got because that's not a realistic situation that you could drive off of that corner. Uh, yeah, that was dumb. But I did like uh, I liked the way he winched his car sideways, though. I thought that that was like actually realistic. Like, oh, that's something my grandpa would have done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I uh, I was blown away by his. It, it's pretty far into the episode before it happens, but at some point he just is a whiz with the fishing rod. You know, unbelievable. It's, it, it's no longer about his mechanical skill. It's like no. Jesus, MacGyver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like a Harrison Ford with a whip kind of situation. The the yeah, I laughed so hard out loud when he knocked a man unconscious with a fishing lure that was like three inches long. He just, yeah. the guy just fell to the ground. He looked like Scott Acid from uh, 30 Rock, by the way, that guy. And yes. he just hit the deck like a sack of potatoes instantly. Uh, I just started laughing. So I was like, what was on that fishing line that knocked that man unconscious? Yeah. I, yeah, there was, a, there were a lot of like actual, like sort of inventions and tricks. Yeah. He did they, episode, they really took advantage like kind of, yeah, that was kind of nice. I also just felt like it was very um it was very funny to me that MacGyver has this pregnant woman who's being chased and his impulse is to be like, let's go to this warehouse. Yeah. Um, that's <laughs> gonna be a place where I can make a lot of weird shit to get us out of a situation <laughs> I'm putting us in. Let's yeah. do that. Yeah, I um I've been kind of wanting to bring this up for a couple of episodes. Um, a, a listener of ours um, uh, hipped us to this thing. Do you know what the 30 mile zone is in Hollywood? Have you ever heard mm. of that? Yeah. Um, so uh, I pulled a little information off Wikipedia here, but um, our, our listener, Richard, uh, kind of gave me this information, which I never knew about. It's called, it's also called the studio zone. It's the 30 mile zone. And it's an area that's 30 miles uh, radius around Hollywood, um, outside of which if you go outside that radius, then you have to pay like uh, all your union labor and everything for overnight. They have to like stay in hotels and yada, yada, yada. But if it's within that 30 mile radius, you can, uh, they, they can, you know, it's much cheaper because all the, everybody can go home. Um, so that's why almost everything in the eighties looks like it was made in the same 30 mile radius around LA. It's all those shitty streets and strip malls and mm -hmm. wharfs and, you know, and, and, uh, you know, warehouses and stuff. And that's why you're seeing so much of that, especially in this season. It's just like every other episode, he's like just banging around this shitty part of LA. Um, and eventually they like built ranches within that 30 mile radius and started like being able to like diversify the look. But in the eighties, it was like very much Every cop show, every, you know, everything was just filmed in that radius. And actually, a little bit of trivia here, 30 Mile Zone is also known as the TMZ, which is the namesake of the TMZ. Get Gossip out of town. Magazine. Really? So there you have it. <laughs> That's the TMZ in LA. Um, I'm sure, like... LA listeners will know exactly what this is, and we're like, well, "Can you believe it?" But um, <laughs> I had never heard of it. I thought it was really, uh, I thought it was really fascinating. Yeah, I'd that never is heard how that I was saying it in my head too. So that makes sense. <laughs> I'm um, a Vermont Rube, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hollywood. Um, I really want to talk about. It's not even. Uh, because I, I think that's the most macgyver part when he makes the signal balloon at the end mm -hmm. with the yeah. na Navy letter signal flags. Yeah. But my favorite part is when the, the cops, there's two <laughs> cops that see it, and they just draw it out so much because he know. sees it. He's like, wait a minute, that means help. And his partner's like, hey, how do you know that? And he's like, well, 
I was in the. It's so like it's like yeah. I, we know why. Just yeah. say I, you're in the navy. Yeah. It takes so long. <laughs> also, like, shouldn't a cop know that? Like, I know that we expect Maybe. a lot out of law enforcement on television. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, come on, like you wouldn't yeah. know. You're not supposed to know different like signal um flares. Like, I had to learn flags for my fucking road test. Yeah. Like, how <laughs> how does a cop not know that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, because they have to say it out loud. One of them has to say it to the other one out loud. Um, yeah, that was a that I love uh, cop with cop with less than five lines in 80s TV show. That's my favorite role. Yes. You know, they're sitting there eating donuts or whatever, and they have to say one line. And then, yeah, they yeah. come to the rescue. Uh, they march the bad guy off at the end of the episode. Yeah. He also really lays some stank on the line when he, yeah. when the guy's like, how do you know that? He's like, I was in the Navy. Call him. He, he gets irritated. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. Um I uh, I was reminded of a memory when I saw that red Corvette that is the key sort of thing. Um you know this guy it was this is like yuppie villain, right? This was definitely a trope in mm-hmm. the 80s is like yuppie villain and yuppie villain has a uh, red Corvette. Um and I just was reminded of this uh I spent like 2 hours in a car dealership when I was very young when my dad was like doing paperwork for his new Dodge whatever shitty piece of car he was getting. <laughs> And they had a brand new red Corvette sitting in the showroom. And I just stood next to it for two hours. He was like, just hang out, you know, look at the cool car. And he went in the back and did all the paperwork. And I sat there for two hours, just like looking at it, knowing I couldn't get in it and just like staring at all the leather and looking at all the stuff inside. I mean, it like is so imprinted on my brain that if someone like offered me that right now, I would grab it in a second because like it made such a huge impression on me. And I was like, I saw it in this episode. I was like, that's the car I wanted at the age this episode came out. So that was enough to entertain you for two hours. Isn't that insane? Was look at a car. (laughs) I mean, we like you wouldn't leave a kid without an iPad for more than five minutes in a situation like that today. My dad was like, look at the Corvette. I'll be back in two hours. (laughs) And it was great. I had a great time. And it yeah, you're, you're glowing right now as you speak I about it. I want yeah, one it of those. Seems like you're, you're really still thinking <laughs> you know, about this the practical car. Like car just get one. The practical car for Vermont Winters, the <laughs> 1990 you, Corvette. If you really want one, might I offer starting your own crime syndicate uh, <laughs> with your lover who is a social worker. Right, right. That's okay. the other thing. She said she's a social worker and prisoner, and I'm not about to judge anybody for their profession. Yeah. But if you're a social worker who works at a prison, you can't buy your husband a Corvette. You yeah. don't have that kind of money. Right. There's yeah, absolutely right. no way, like... I mean, I was impressed, honestly, that she had the wherewithal to figure out how to like open a business and like her name is on all the permits as a social worker like that. She does. They did make a small effort to establish that she has rich parents and that she has uh, fancy Hollywood friends that would judge her if they knew what was going on. Oh, he did mention she has Hollywood friends, but that that didn't track to me at all because she said that her parents tried to buy her love or whatever and she's the black sheep because she's so ugly <laughs> oh i forgot about that part yeah. you're right yeah. yeah yeah yeah. i mean i hate to be a stickler i i she was definitely <laughs> no, you love like, it <laughs> they really loved uh giving her all these witty funny lines the whole way through that mm-hmm. she was like really quip heavy in this yeah. episode and like <laughs> like lines like the storks coming in the lear jet <laughs> and the wriggling <laughs> brothers in my hormones i was like jesus like give it a give it a rest 
Uh, the uh, there was a line that like legitimately did make me laugh really hard. Was the first contraction she gets? They're hiding behind some pipes, and he's like, "Do you think it has to happen?" And she's like, "Tell that to the kid." And he just goes, "Not now." It's <laughs> God in like I a really stage laugh. whisper. Yeah. It was yeah, yeah. so ridiculous. Um, yeah. But I I also kind of uh, that I felt like something that like a director yeah. was like, "How about if you actually did it? You actually yelled at her uterus?" Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. like yeah. Well, I think it was also jarring because like MacGyver doesn't make a lot of jokes. And so to have right. him do that was just like, oh, okay, we're yeah. we're making jokes now. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, I didn't mind their chemistry. I thought it was kind of fun. It was a little bit yeah. like, you know, uh, like it was like a buddy cop movie almost, you know? Yeah, I sort of feel like the fact that she was um, actively in labor um, was kind of nice for the story because right. like it kind of took her out of the uh, running for like the sort yeah, of like romantic Parker. lead make out um, thing. So they yeah. had to find like a more just kind of buddy way for them to interact, which I sort of liked. Um, sure. I did not think that um, his crew, which they referred to at one point as an army of criminals. Yeah. Like, I just don't <laughs> understand why they were so invested in like catching his wife with these documents. <laughs> like oh. he was able to corral like a lot of people really quickly. <laughs> I love the casting on the bad guys in this episode. They all are such like, just kind of like, weird fat dweebs stuntmen like 80s <laughs> yeah. like you would never cast people who look like that in this kind of show because they they're like kind of weirdly out of shape they look like somebody who'd be on like a pickup softball league or something yes. and they've all got guns and their hair slicked back and fake tattoos and they're like yeah. a very central well, they're casting. also like older and i don't yeah. know like i'm not buying these guys as like ex-prison gang members no. who are now part of like a crime ring no but they're like hollywood thugs yeah the only qualifier for them as prison gang is like, ah, watch out for all these large men in denim. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. And the one guy knows how to ride a motorcycle, so he's in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Also, yeah. the fishing line is strong enough to, to clothesline uh, him. Clothesline <laughs> him. <laughs> what was he going fishing for? Whales? <laughs> Oh. Well, we're never going to find out because MacGyver is never getting a day right. off. That's no, right. No. Oh, that's so funny. You know what I didn't like about uh, their chemistry, though, is there's a part at the end where, like, or towards the end, where he finally looks at her. He's like, you know, you're too good for that guy, right? And then he tenderly touches her face. Mm -hmm. I have been with mm -hmm. my girlfriend for six years. If I touch her face without permission, she <laughs> freaks the fuck out. Yep. You know what I mean? So, Nobody likes yeah. that at all. It's yeah. definitely this has come a up several trope. times already. It's definitely yeah. an 80s trope. Like yeah. the idea that someone would ever like go like this <laughs> gently on my face and I would like it. Yeah. yeah. Let alone a stranger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's like, dude, of all the days to try that, today is not. Yeah. Yeah. She's not having a good time with things right Oh, yeah. Now. Try doing um, it with a woman who's in labor and see how she reacts. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> oh, well, she's got low self-esteem. So, you know. Oh. Yeah. As they painstakingly remind us, um, mm. which it's like, yeah, of course, she's too good for him. He is literally like 
using her as a front for a, a crime ring operated out of a halfway house, um, which is also getting people early parole. Like, how is it that this social worker has enough power to even make this plausible? Yeah, I don't know. Also, he tries to stab her. That That's a rule. If somebody <laughs> tries to stab you, you are too good for them. Yeah. A, just blanket statement. Yeah, right. But she really very easily slaps that letter opener out of his hand. And then as mm-hmm. he like very slowly bends down to pick it up, smashes the shit out of him with a paperweight. It's like, it, it, it was like, yeah, if you're a professional criminal, you'd probably move a little quicker and not get let a pregnant woman get the jump on you with a paperweight. <laughs> uh, While she's holding the documents that can ruin you. Right, like right. that was a little bit short-sighted on her part to like be carrying them with her um, while she's about to go into labor. But you know, I felt, yeah. So I, I loved, I mean, I think it, it was like, sometimes you will have a setting for a MacGyver episode where you're like disappointed that there was so much potential for MacGyverisms and they didn't really use it, use that opportunity. And I felt like they pretty, they really did use the opportunity of being like in this weird warehouse down by the wharf as an opportunity for him to do a lot of ridiculous shit, which is kind of what you tune in for. Um, I mean, I don't tune in to watch him hit a bad guy with a, th- three-inch lure and knock him out. But I do, I do tune in for a helium balloon that he made up and got wet and threw into the sky um, and watching him piece it all together. So I was like, I thought the MacGyverisms were fun in this one. Um, yeah, I agree. I thought they were fine. I mean, the fishing thing was dumb. And I also, I was very mad about that ramp Jeep moment. Yeah, but the other ones I thought were... Um, I thought he was going to use those barrels in some way to prop up those, yeah. right? Like ra- the ramp. And they just I left them there. So. It was very strange. There yeah. is even like a part of the take where he's putting the ramp up and he slips and it like slips out of his hand and then he puts it back. And it's one of those things where it's like, oh, that's one of those, like, we don't have another take. This is the only take we have. <laughs> like the actor tripped and <laughs> we needed to leave it in. I love that kind of stuff. Um, the ending, uh, I was so underwhelmed by um, he like, literally this is what happens. MacGyver comes to the rescue at the last second as the guy's about to shoot the pregnant lady. And he comes to the rescue by saying, I wouldn't, if I were you. And he's underneath the Jeep. He grabs the guy's feet, pulls him out from under him. They have a fight under the Jeep, which we do not see. And we only see the pregnant lady react to it. And then it's over and he crawls out victorious. I mean, what, what, what? <laughs> What happened and, under that jeep? I, don't I want to know. Also, the fight, it's important to point out, is he he pulls him under the jeep, and then it's just rustling sounds for four <laughs> seconds, and then a single loud punch, and MacGyver <laughs> crawls out. That is what yeah. this is crazy. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I love Because we that. have to be so over-the-top anti-gun. There is no yeah. way that MacGyver is going to use a gun or allow the villain to use a gun, and so we have to just prove that MacGyver is tough enough yeah. that he doesn't need a gun to to beat this guy. But of course, all of this would have been more effective had we seen any of it. <laughs> any of it. Any of it. I just don't understand. I mean, uh, and I'm always trying to get in the heads of the of the like of the people making the show in these moments where I'm like, did they just run out of time? Did they, like the, they didn't choreograph the fight, so they had to like just do it all underneath. <laughs> What? That is, you're right. Between the one bad shot with the board and that, you yeah. do you think that they just they they were like, it's going to be the best shoot ever, and then they're like, fuck, yeah. we have an hour left. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I did think of that because there is a moment when um, bad guy, uh, bad guy, husband guy rolls up in the 
uh, aforementioned Corvette, um, to the to the warehouse, and it is magic hour. The sun is setting; mm-hmm. it is gorgeous. The sunset is on his face. The sun rises. The sunset is behind his Corvette, and then he peels off, and then it's never sunset for the rest of the episode again. Um, and I'm just like, oh, they they had this like warehouse for two days, and they just ran out of time, and they were like, I guess the final fight is just going to be suggested. <laughs> and that honestly tracks with everything we've learned about the show so far, right, which right. is that everything was done In super quickly. <laughs> and it's just like, okay, never mind. Let's just move on. Yeah. Um, and this episode felt that way. Also, like, yeah, go ahead, Sam. <laughs> oh, I was just going to ask, because you guys obviously have been watching more of the show than I have. What What would you say this rates, like, on a scale of 1 to 10 for the ridiculous, oh. the average ridiculousness of a MacGyver? It's funny you should say that, because we have a segment at the end of this episode where we ask you to rate this episode. We're all going oh, to so sorry. It I love that you well, phrased it that way. Well, I won't ask There's, you to do that now, then, but yeah, I'm just in, interested sure. in, in relative to what it is Oh, to yeah, of course. Yeah, okay. we usually yeah do, I yeah. think... Um, one thing that we hear from guests a lot is like, are all the episodes like this? Yeah. And, um, at this point I have to say, yeah, all the episodes are kind of like, kind this. of, but a lot of times each episode will be like very different from the last one, uh, in setting and situation or like well, setting situation yeah. and certainly cast. Like a lot of times, yeah. um, you know, we'll, we'll like see these characters that are introduced as though we're supposed to know who they are. And so yeah. people who are dropping in for an episode will feel like, Oh, I'm, I must've missed, you know, the six episodes where they set up this relationship and not at all. No, like they just, um, it is just like recycled to the point where they have different actors, like playing the same people in later episodes. It, it, it just has that like very like soap opera disposable feel. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it does feel step above soap opera in terms of churning out episodes, right? Yeah. Obviously, it's a bigger budget shoot, but mm. but yeah, they're like, you know what? In this one, you play this guy. It doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> right, Absolutely. Right. And yeah. and like the attitude appeared to be like, no one's going to know or care. Yeah. Like, it yeah. doesn't matter. You're you're Victor now. It's, it's not like 40 <laughs> years from now, people will be watching every one of these in a row. <laughs> Um, Annie, you know what I did? I didn't even clock this when I was watching it, but, but as we're talking about cast, I realized that there was someone missing from this one. No, Pete, Pete, there's no fucking Pete in this episode at all. You must've been delighted by that. Yeah. I didn't miss him one bit. Um, (laughs) Pete is MacGyver's boss. Uh, slash liability and he's <laughs> in most episodes. Yeah, almost everyone. He wasn't in this one. Yeah, yeah. no. Because he wasn't missed. Yeah. As we've as we've said at nauseum, Pete is horrible in the fields. He would have been no help to them whatsoever and probably would have made it worse. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so fun. Um all right, we gotta take a break. When we return, we're gonna find out more about what our guest is up to these days and rank our episode on our super scientific DTNP rating system. Stick around, we'll be right back. Enjoying this podcast? There's lots more you're missing out on. For just a few bucks, you can become a supporter of the Duct Tape and Paper Clips Patreon you'll get access to a special podcast feed with secret bonus content where Annie and Nathan break down related stuff like the MacGyver Simpsons episode, Richard Dean Anderson's TV movie work, and lots more. 
at a higher level, you can even join Annie and Nathan in the Zoom when they record their episodes live and meet the comedian guests. And of course, supporters get access to cool merch like stickers, pins, even a custom engraved Swiss Army knife. Sweet! So what are you waiting for? Head over to patreon.com slash the MacGyver pod and join up today. That's patreon.com slash the MacGyver pod. Thanks for your support. We're back with our guest, Sam. Before we get into our final segment, uh, tell people what, we're, what you're up to these days. And if you have anything to plug or like, they should get your album and all that, right? Uh, I unfortunately don't have any like new project type things, but I mean, my album is available everywhere. Uh, yeah. It's called Sweet Baby Boy. Uh, please uh, stream it, buy it. Um, yeah, yeah, enjoy What's it. What's going on with your podcast? I looked at it today and I was like, oh, they haven't done an episode in a minute. <laughs> my uh, co-host moved to North Carolina, mm-hmm. uh which, you know, you'd think uh, in this pandemic year, uh, we would have been fine, you know, remoting in like yeah. this. And uh, boy, were we not. <laughs> and it just happened. But I am still proud of it. If you want to listen to old episodes of a ridiculous podcast, it's called Up Your Butt and Around the Corner. Yeah. It does not have as strong a theme as this one. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little looser. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Um, we're going to move on to our final segment here. It's called It's Classified. That's right. We are, believe it or not, on a mission to figure out what the best episode of MacGyver is. Um, so we are going to rate this episode. Um, yeah, this is a little kind of rapid fire thing. And we're going to rate a few of these categories, uh, starting with you, Sam, because you're our guest on a scale of one to 10. Our first question is, how exciting did you find this episode? <laughs> Uh, I'll give it a solid eight. You know, even a nine. I'll give it a nine. Wow. It's, it's, it's wildly absurd, but, <laughs> but it is like, I mean, that is, in fact, it seems like that was the only requirement in writing it. They were just like, yeah. how exciting yeah. can we make it? Right, right, right. Yeah. We didn't really talk about the fact that like, well, we can talk about it later, I guess. I don't know. I was just thinking about the fact that, you know, she goes into false labor a few times and they make all sorts of jokes about it. And then like, you know, the the prevailing wisdom would ha- be to have like MacGyver deliver the baby at the end, right? And the fact that yes. they weren't even willing to have him touch a gross woman, you know, <laughs> to touch a baby. And it was like all, like he thought he was going to have to deliver it. They cut to commercial. And when they come back for the final coda, uh, the baby's born in the ambulance and he's just visiting her. I was like, that's a real cop out. I was like, we didn't get to see any kind of like, Uh, You know, I guess he's not that's he's a hero, but he can't do that. I'm okay with the fact that he didn't deliver a baby in this episode. (laughs) I didn't need to see him do that. I don't think Um, they could have suggested that he did it. I was just like, why wouldn't you suggest he's a hero? Why wouldn't he have also done that? You know, I don't know. Uh, They could have happened in the commercial break, you know, and then he's (laughs) holding a four month old baby. Um, All right. Annie, how exciting did you find this? You know, this this episode was exciting. This is more exciting than the past few in mm. terms of like action. So I'm going to have to give it, I'm going to say a six. <laughs> I love that. That's the charitable. And, <laughs> well, it is. I mean, I, yeah, I, I will say like there were times when that second half of the episode, like even though there were those rapid fire, like tricks he was doing, like 
it dragged a little bit a little and bit. it was like, a, like I found myself kind of like wandering. Yeah. Um, it's funny because we, I complain about it when he doesn't have an opportunity to do enough, build enough shit. But then when he does build a lot of shit, it does take time for him to assemble everything. And sometimes you can kind of space out and be like, wait, what's he yeah. doing? You know, it's like, it does like bring things down, which I'm sure the producers realized by season two, they were probably like, fuck, what if we painted ourselves into a corner with this? Like, because I don't want to invent <laughs> shit every time. Um, I agree. I'm going to give it a seven and a half because I felt like uh, it was definitely better than some of the other ones that I've scored uh, lower. So um, uh, next category, one to 10, Sam, how well crafted was this episode? That is writing, editing, directing, acting. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give You're this shaking bad... your head. <laughs> I, I'm afraid I have to give this bad boy a two. It is, <laughs> it is, I, I did enjoy it. Uh-huh. Uh, it is so horribly crafted uh, <laughs> and, and enjoyably so, but yeah, right. it yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. No, the question is not. Yeah. Did you enjoy it? Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, just not impressed. Yeah. I get it. I get it. It's hard. And it's hard to know whether you would have been impressed. Like, I don't know. Sometimes I wonder if I was an adult back then, if I would have been like, this is a well-made show. <laughs> you know, I yeah. don't know how it compares. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, what about you, Annie? Uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's not good. Um, none of them are. <laughs> but it's about the, the degrees of of, yeah. uh, of this. I, as I mentioned, I was so angry at the setup of this entire scheme that I was just, (laughs) I was enraged at the beginning. Like, why is this, you know, insane premise intersecting with a MacGyver who's just at a gas station? (laughs) Like the whole thing was, the writing was atrocious. Yeah, yeah. Um, So uh, I'm trying to think of things that I did enjoy. Um, I actually didn't, um, hate the actress who plays Elaine, her performance oh. um, for like a guest star uh, spot on this show. Like she had way more agency than we see most female characters have on this show. And um, she did legitimately have like some comic timing. So yeah. I thought that was good. Um, so I'm going to say three. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's funny when you say agency because like she had like, she could give it back to MacGyver and she could like yeah. riff and stuff. And so, and so she was like, it's funny because she was like confident, but she also hated herself. Um, but, but I did have, an I issue. can't relate to that at all. I don't know what female comedian. Um, <laughs> yes. She should be a comic. Why frankly. would she fake her own confidence while also having self low self-esteem? What funny person would do that? Um, no, I, I, but I did think like, oh, but she never was anything but a victim. Like she never was able, uh, other than like taking the file at the beginning and smashing the guy's head yeah. and, um you know once macgyver came along she was a victim the whole time um i don't know it was it was fun i had a real like hey let's find shit in this warehouse and make stuff out of it kind of way of filmmaking that i kind of enjoyed but uh yeah it wasn't good i'll give it a three as well um uh okay this next question is a one through five as opposed to one through ten so uh sam on a scale of one to five how innovative was this episode this is macgyverism shit um i think I would give it a four because I think they could have made the whole story just about her, uh, you know, uh, being cheated by her husband like that. But instead they were like, also baby. So (laughs) (laughs) to me, the baby factor gives it a four. Yeah. Why does that give the innovation factor a four? Because I think they they were just like, yeah, that's good enough. And one guy like snorted cocaine and he was like, no, baby. You're, you're thinking of it as like a story innovation uh, yes. as opposed to like um, this. I mean, mostly this category is for like 
what oh, MacGyver builds what in the MacGyver episode. Builds? Yeah. yeah. Um I, okay. I apologize. I no, I should have been clearer. <laughs> I'll redo this then. I actually will only give it a two because I think to me the only impressive one was the balloon at the end. Okay. Right? Because mm-hmm. the boards and the wench, it's like, I don't know, I could do that. Eventually. Yeah. You what know? about the crane thing when he craned his Jeep down? I mean, it's like a three-button panel that he's <laughs> operating, right? <laughs> I like the fact that after that, they were just kind of like on on, on the same floor they were on before. Right. <laughs> it's like, yeah. uh, let's go back around again, I guess. Yeah, and he didn't like run the wiring for that. He just pressed yeah. the button. So True. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> yeah. All right. What about you, Annie? What are you thinking? Um, in terms of innovation, he does build more things than um, some of the uh, recent episodes. So I do want to um, give him credit for that. But none of them were like blow you away, sciencey invention stuff, which is always like my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it when it's like he's in a lab and like putting yeah. something together that's really clever. Um, and none of that happened. This was more just like, you know, junkyard shit. Yeah, junkyard. Like, let me, you know, get this car from point A to point B on two separate occasions, which is not super <laughs> exciting to me. Um, I, unlike Nathan, would not have been excited to look at a car for two hours for fun. <laughs> so, um, I'm going to say, now. yeah, I'm going to say f- four. Yeah. Yeah, there were some. It was fun to watch him put stuff together and stuff. Yeah, I I was thinking this episode with with, with regard to the cars and stuff. Every time there's an episode like this with a bunch of thugs and vehicles, I'm like, how fucking great would it have been to be a stunt driver in the '80s on an episode like this where it's like, we got a motorcycle, we got a Corvette, we got a Jeep, we got to drive them around inside an empty warehouse. Can you do it? I am fucking there. Like that is a paycheck that I would love to take. Um, And when I see like that group of things listed, I'm just like i'm gonna go make some uh salad (laughs) like i'm just like i can walk away from the television for a little bit this is just gonna be all action with no story the story that does come out will make no sense at all it's gonna be a bunch of huffing 45 year old like out of shape (laughs) like greasy greasy dudes get them go get them boss get them get them there's a lot of that (laughs) Anyway, as for innovation, I think a four as well, because uh, there's a lot more stuff in this than some of the other boring ones. Um, Our last category here on a scale of one to five is the 80s cool factor of this episode. How cool is this as it compares with other 80s shit, Sam? Uh, I think it's up. It's it's very 80s to me. You know, it's and of course, the whole show is. But I really for something for some reason, the, 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 the bad guys, the henchmen that we were talking about before large men in denim it mm. screams 80s bad guy to me mm-hmm. you know yeah. what i mean so that makes it very the corvette um uh elaine is it, elaine is her mm-hmm. name mm-hmm. she was very quintessential 80s woman you yeah. know um yeah i'm gonna give it a five right it's it's sure. all about 80s cool yeah yeah and because it took place in the tmz it felt very like la 80s yeah, yeah. yes um what about you annie I think that, like, speaking of Elaine, like, her look with, like, the long floral dress, like, that was, like, if you wanted to communicate that someone was, like, an 80s frump um, and just, like, was a teacher or a social worker or was somehow, you know, not, like, a hot lady, um, (laughs) that was the wardrobe. And so that was, like, perfectly um, costumed. And if that isn't clear enough, make her say that she's playing... 
yeah, physically, <laughs> like actually audibly say like, I have low self-esteem and I do not think I'm attractive. Yeah. Um, but the, they didn't need to because that costume and the haircut and all yeah. of it said it all. Yeah. So that, and then again, like whenever MacGyver is kind of like off duty, um, he's always got kind of like a very eighties, um, vibe. And I feel like the, the Corvette, all of it. So I'm going to say four, like four. four out of five. Cool. All right. There was uh, no like sunglasses, beach times that would have put yeah. it to a five for me, but, uh, okay. we'll go four. I'm going to give it a four and a half because for all the same reasons. Um, all right. Uh, there are a couple of bonus categories here. Uh, it'll get bonus points if any of these things is true. Does he help out an old friend? Nope. No. Stranger. No. <laughs> He's yeah. an absolute stranger. Uh, this could have been that. It could have easily been the social worker he knows calls her. Call, no, but it has to be some rando pregnant woman who gets in his Jeep. Um, uh, is he detained against his will in this episode? I would say this counts. Yes. Yeah. Right? Trapping him in the in the factory yeah, there? Yeah, he was stuck in the warehouse. Yeah. Um, so he is. That gives him five points. Um, if yes, does his escape involve... One of the following three things, duct tape, a paperclip, or a Swiss Army knife. I don't think so. I didn't see any of those. So they don't get that those bonus points. I didn't think the Swiss Army knife made one appearance this time. Um, all right. That concludes It's Classified. It's time to reveal the results. Out of a total possible 100 points, this episode receives uh, 59 points, Ooh. making it the fifth best episode of season two we've seen <laughs> so far uh the the one above it is the road not taken and the one below it is the eraser does that make sense i don't even remember those titles the road not taken is the one with the old couple on the road trip and right, that right, felt right. very much like this episode so it makes perfect yeah, off sense to me yeah yeah that those two would be um, back to back yep um uh number one is still phoenix under siege which is beating the wish child out uh, all right. So that there you have it. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, How high of a score did the number one get? The number so one uh, right now, as it stands, is 73 and a half points. Wow. That's as well as we can do. And that was, MacGyver, I mean, Greg getting a C. To be fair. MacGyver uh, is really getting a C We overall. got up there because Greg Stone and uh, Anthony DeVito gave everything like tens across the board to be. Yeah, it's it really like <laughs> Of course they do. We've had we've had guests who just have wildly different reactions yeah. to MacGyver. Um and it really uh the points are all over the map here. Yeah, yeah. But overall <laughs> Yep. Like and MacGyver the, is not getting into honors English. Like no. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, uh, well, uh, we, we should wrap things up here. Um, thank you so much for coming on, Sam. Uh, any, me. any parting thoughts from you on any, anything we didn't get to anything you want to say? On our uh, uh, oh, really quick MacGyver. I think he's arrogant because twice in this episode, <laughs> she's like, you're never wrong. Are you? And he's like, Nope. And then she's like, you never give up. Do you? He's like, Nope. <laughs> It's just low grade arrogance. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Emulate that, I guess. It's it, it's we're in that kind of tipping point now where like uh I mean Annie and I are in some Facebook groups that are full of very crazy <laughs> MacGyver fans. Um, who if they listen to this podcast, we we're we really glad you're here really and please you. keep listening. Um, you know, I, I just with that level great. of devotion, I can't imagine someone would get more than seven minutes into this podcast without being like, This I isn't know. for me. They're criticizing they would my hero. Be so mad that we're mean about the show. Yeah. And I apologize um, for that. Uh I've said multiple times I loved this show as a kid. Um, but I I uh but they talk a lot about the fact that season one, he is like arrogant hero. And then they start to figure out that this guy plays humility better than arrogance. And they start to like 
uh, kind of veer the character into a more hu- like humble. Uh, and I think this is that tipping point. It's like they still kind of are figuring it out. And by season three, I think he'll be more humble. But uh, yeah, he's still got a bit of that like, I got this kind of vibe. <laughs> uh, as every 80s hero did, right? Don't yes. worry about it, babe. I got this. Let me pet your face. <laughs> what every woman loves to hear like really just like don't you worry about it yeah. i'm going to stroke your face and yeah, yeah. Uh, get you out of this warehouse i'm going to cover up your ugly face with some sheet metal and i'll be right back <laughs> <laughs> uh all right well that's it for this week thanks for listening everybody don't forget to check out our website at themagiverpod.com all our socials uh, and our Patreon. It's all at the MacGyver Pod. If you want to watch old episodes of the show along with us, you can check them out for free on Pluto TV or watch it on Paramount Plus, previously known as CBS All Access, or you can buy the episodes on Amazon Prime. Join us next week when we'll be breaking down Season 2, Episode 15, Pirates. Take care, everybody, and remember, in the immortal words of our buddy Mac, friends are, are the, the adventures, adventures of, of life. life. Good night, everybody. 